But the Bible says that Joshua went to battle having marched all night long. He caught them off guard. What he did is he, he made a mistake, but he picked himself up, he shook it off, and off he marched. And the Bible says that day in Joshua chapter 10 that God sent hail from heaven and squashed his enemies. More died from the hailstorms than what the children of Israel killed in the day of battle. But God didn't move until Joshua began to move. And if you sit there, it's just what Pastor was talking about this morning. If you sit, you seal your own fate. You have to get up and get in motion. Can you say amen? amen. And then I have a friend of mine, uh, Pastor James P. Crabb, that I know is a friend of this church. But he preached a sermon a while back called Joseph's Bloody Robe. And he talked about how the, the devil used that bloody robe as evidence that Jacob's dream of his son was dead. Right. What do you do when the devil has the evidence? Well, and what you have is the promises of God, but everything in the natural looks like this is, this is over, this is dead now, isn't going to work. And Pastor Crabb did such a good job, I asked him, I said, Pastor, could I come interview you? We'll record it. I just want to bring this truth back to the body of Christ as I, as I travel, because I see a lot of people that you see this or that, and that seals to you that God has done working, and God's not done working yet. And he told the testimony of how his wife, Sarah, had the cancer report in her lung. And there was the evidence it got faxed to him. And they had all the proof. And what he had was the word of God. And God turned that. And Sarah's still alive to this day. Can you say amen? So those are back there for you. If they'd be a blessing, I'll make those available. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7. Here we go. It says, for the law of the Lord, say the law. We might say today the word of God. Amen. The commandments of the Lord. Good. The law of the Lord is perfect. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't need to take anything away from it. You can't modernize it. It was never old. Amen. Some people, well, you know, you're old school. There's only one. Hallelujah. And that's the holy school of the almighty God. Yeah, I always say you, you can't modernize God. Dr. Hagen used to say you can't. There's only so many ways to get close to God. Prayer, consecration, fasting, time with the Almighty God, that's how you get to know Him. Just because you can click a mouse and go through more verses might give you more information, but not necessarily a deeper walk with God. Yeah. Amen? That's good. Let's keep reading. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting, or in the margin of my Bible, it says restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Say sure. You know, there's lot, not a lot of sure things right now. But this is sure. I notice definitions are changing in, in, our, in our dictionaries now. You know, a, a tactic of the Nazis, if you go through the original German Bible, or sorry, the German dictionary, there will be a marker, and that will say to you, this is not the original meaning of the word, it's the, it's the way the Nazis redefined it when they took power. Male, female, now they're trying to adjust that. It's never been open for discussion. Right, right. But the law of the Lord is sure. Yes. Unchanging. Good word. Making wise the simple. Hallelujah, there's hope for me. Amen. You, I wrote Ray Bench right there, big letters. Ray Bench. They're making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. It's pure. There's no bias in it. 
doesn't have someone else in favor when he set it up. It's, it's pure. Enlightening the eyes, or in other words, teaching you things as you go, revealing things to you. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They're true. You turn on TV today, everything you see won't be true. Talk to people or they text you, everything they say to you won't be true. But that's not the way the scripture is. Everything in here, you can trust it, it's true. You can build your life on these things, amen? Let's read on. More to be desired, verse 10, are they than fine gold? Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter, sorry, than gold, than much fine gold. Yes, they are sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them, say keeping them. That's what we want to talk about today. In keeping them, there is great reward. Turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Ruth, chapter 4. Book of Ruth, chapter 4. I'm kind of a down-front preacher. I hope that's all right. I know oh, yeah. it's kind of messes with people sometimes if you adjust too much. Hallelujah. I try to stay up here, but it's kind of like sitting on your hands. I can't hardly speak if I do that. Hallelujah. Amen. Ruth chapter 4. This is Now, you should read Ruth on your own. I'm just going to kind of talk about it a little bit. Let's pick it up here at 4 verse 1. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, a close relative of, of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, come aside, friend, and sit down here. So he came aside and he sat down. And he took with him ten men from the elders of the city and said, sit down. And so they sat down. So this guy comes by, this relative, and these ten elders. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold a piece of land and which belonged to our brother Elimelech. For I thought to inform you, saying, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants of the elders of the people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, let tell me that I may know, for there is one um, before you redeem it, and I am next after you. And the man said, I will redeem it. Well, let's just kind of back up to go forward. Is that all right? In our story or in this Bible re recounting of what really happened, Naomi is married to a man and they're there, in, they're there in the land of Israel. They're from Bethlehem, Judah. And as they're there in Bethlehem, Judah, a famine arises. They take their lives and because there's a famine and there's no, there's no food, they say, well, we're going to relocate now. We're going to leave Israel, which they weren't supposed to do. And they went to the land of the Moabites or, or the people of Moab. Now, Moab comes from the descendants of Lot. Lot is Abraham's nephew, but he's not Abraham's son. Make sense? Right. So the blessing of the Lord was to come upon Abraham and his children. Obviously, Abraham always took care of Lot. We know the stories. But she goes to this land of the Moabites, and there she dwells. She has two sons. Her sons grow up, and they marry two girls. One of those is a girl named Ruth. And as time goes on, Naomi, her husband, dies. That's really bad news. There's, you have to understand there's no welfare state. Right. There's no government handout. There's no, 
He has no retirement package he's going to get. She's in trouble. To make matters worse, her two sons or sons-in-law, sorry, sons that are now grown and married that would have taken care of her, they both die. It's pretty tough living. That leaves her two daughter-in-laws. No way to run the farm, if I can say it that way. Very difficult times. These two daughter-in-laws, she turns, Naomi turns to them, and she says, look, I'm going to go back to Israel. And the one daughter-in-law says, well, then I'm going to stay here in Mo- with the Moabites here with my own people. But Ruth, the other one, says, Naomi, I'm going with you. Mom, I'm going with you. She says, well, why would you come with me? I don't have any other children for you to marry. I mean, you, you have to stay here, make the best of it. She said, no, I'm going to go home with you, and your people will my, be my people, and your God will become my God. I'm with you. And they make their way back. When they make their way back to Israel, the blessing of the Lord begins to come. Right. There's a man here by the name of Boaz, and he, he's a wealthy man. And in Leviticus 23, say the book of the law. See, these old things that God wrote down began to take care of Ruth when she came back. And Naomi, rather, when she came back, but they began to take care of Ruth. When they get back, it's, it's barley harvesting time. And so what was written in the scriptures in the book of Leviticus, which a lot of people think is just kind of Old Testament rigmarole, was that when the poor come to your field, if you farmed and you had a field, then the poor were allowed to come and glean after you had already gone through and harvested. They could pick from the fields anything that would keep them going. Right. This, wasn't, this wasn't, we're going to mail you a check. Right. But if you get off your rump, pardon my bias, amen, I, I don't understand lazy. Come on. I understand poor, I don't understand lazy. Right. Amen, there's a difference. Amen. I've had days where I didn't have any money. I never had days where I laid on the couch all day. Right. Amen. And complain. Come on. Good word, brother. Good word. Hallelujah. Elijah found Elisha. He was, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. That's right. Jesus found Peter and John. They were fishing. Jesus found Matthew. He was in the tax office working. I can't find any lazy people that God put into the ministry, Come Genesis on. to Revelation. Come on. Good word, so, man. Hallelujah. God doesn't look at people and say, gee, you're lazy. Why don't you come work for me? (laughs) Moving right along. Probably not going to sell a lot of CDs on that one. Hallelujah. (laughs) Though it might be a lot of Christmas gifts people give away. Amen. (laughs) But what happened here is then Ruth is allowed to glean. God set it up so once you harvested your field, you were to leave the corners of the field. Now, it's something to say the corners because it wasn't like they had big farming machinery that couldn't turn into the corners. And yet the Lord said, leave the edges for the poor. We used to raise potatoes and, and always with the, when potatoes are grown, you always have a couple little stubbies, little small round ones that are really too small to put into the, the crate. They always fall through. But that's kind of the thing, if I could give you a picture, not necessarily, but you would glean that because the farmers left it behind, but you wouldn't get rich on it, but you could eat. Right. You're not right. going to starve to death. Yeah. Right. And same thing with the corner of the barley. As the workers came through, then Ruth would come behind them and she would take the things that they had left in the field, give it a second cleaning, take what she could and gather that and take it home and her and Naomi could live. Amen? 
And while she's there and she's working, you know, workers always see workers. I've learned that. I've learned that. Yeah. And, and while she's there working, this Boaz turns to his workers and says, who's this lady? Who's this young girl who's working in the fields gleaning today? They said, boss, she's been here working all day, that girl. She's been with us all day. Never missed a step. And he goes to her and he says, hey, if you need some water, my workers have water. I give them water. I'll make sure you're okay. You rest here in the shade. And then he begins to tell his workers, you leave a little bit extra for her. She's a worker. You leave a little bit extra for her. And as she's there, she begins to glean and to get extra. And then she goes, she goes home and she tells Naomi, she says, hey, I've been gleaning all day. And she says, wow, you did, you know, you did real good. Um, where have you been? She said, I've been in the field with this guy named Boaz. Well, Ruth doesn't know that Boaz is a sister-in-law to Naomi. She just in a field. But God, say God. God. The Bible says in Psalms 37 that the steps of the righteous man is ordered of the Lord. When she began to make her, our God her God, God began to go and to guide the foots of her, or her steps of her feet. Can you say amen? amen. Over the course of time, she, she develops great favor with Boaz and, and the time comes and Naomi says, look, you know, in, in our country... Um, you, I'll have a field allocated to me because that's the way that it worked. In the promised land, every person had, had a portion of the land given them once they got into the promised land. Thank God for Joshua, who was a ruthless conqueror the days of his life, amen? And so because barley had already been harvested, it wasn't time yet for them to plant in their own field. And so this discussion comes, well, what are we gonna do you know, in the future? So she said, you know, well, you, you go to Boaz. Um, maybe he'll give you favor. He'll reclaim the field and, and marry you, and off you go. So she goes in and, and meets with him the way that um, Naomi tells her to. And Boaz says, well, you know, he said, um, that, that'll work for me, but there's another. He has such integrity, this man. There's another relative that's closer to you who would have first dibs, if I can say it that way first dibs right. on that field and, and with you. So that's what's happening here in, in uh, Ruth chapter 4. He's going and he's talking to this closer relative and he's laying this all out for him. And he lays it out, but he does it in the presence of 10 witnesses. So this guy can't deny later on that Boaz did me wrong, right? There's no way of recording it in audio, so he gets... He has 10 elders. This man's serious. Amen? Right. And he shows up and he begins to explain to this guy how this is all going to work. And this guy's response is, I'll redeem. In other words, I'm going to take, take that opportunity. So let's go on. Verse 5. Then Boaz said, On the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead. In other words, her, her husband you know, died and perpetuate or keep the name of the dead through his inheritance. Six, and the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. And what he's saying is, um, I, I'd take the field, but I don't, want, I don't want Ruth. I don't want Ruth. The law of the Lord is 
perfect. We wonder sometimes, God, why do you put us through this rigmarole? But you know, in that rigmarole, God made an opportunity for this man, but this man saw no value in Ruth. He just wanted her stuff. You know, and God was taking care of this young girl, this Ruth, saying, I know this man, he's, he wants you, your things, but he didn't want you. He has no heart for you. And the law of the Lord came to wean that man out of her life. But if they wanted to follow the law of the Lord, she would have got caught up in something she should have never been caught up in and paid the price for the rest of her days. But the Bible says that God cared for Ruth. When you, you come to the house of God and, I, you know, Brother Ray, I, I had a man in my life or I had a girl in my life, but when I brought her to church, she didn't want to come to my church. That's God doing you a favor. Come on. Amen. That's God weaning that guy out of your life. He has no heart for you or for your God. God would never put someone out of your life if they were good for you. He's going to drive them off if they're not good for you. Can you say Amen. amen. Just like a good father is going to look at a man who wants to date his daughter and say, honey, uh, we're going to get you a man, but not that one. Right. Not that one. Right. Amen? That one's going to set you back a little bit. But you see, the law of the Lord is perfect. There's nothing short in it. There's no problems in it. It begins to provide. The law of the Lord had already set up the gleaning process. It began to provide for Ruth before she ever got there. The system was already in place to take care of her. She didn't have that in the land of Moab. God set that up. That's the law of the Lord, the commandments of our God. The law of the Lord began to protect her. Boaz came and he, he told his workers, you leave that girl alone now. You leave that girl alone. Just let her work. Let her come and go. That was already set up because the priest would talk about you should treat others the way you want to be treated. And Boaz was taught these things as a young man growing up, going to, the, going to the synagogue as a young man, and the word of the Lord was taught, and it was already beginning to protect that young Ruth before she ever got there. These things are not, are not hurting us, they're helping us. Can you say amen? amen? Tithing, I know people don't always understand, tithing will help you in your future. Coming to the house of God like you're doing on a Sunday morning, it doesn't hurt your day, it makes your day. Can you say amen? God was already beginning to protect not only Ruth, but look at this, over the course of time, let's skip down to verse 13. Boaz, he, he not only buys that field, but he gladly, he, he marries Ruth. Verse 13, it says, and so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And, you know, it's amazing how many people want to date you but not marry you. Well, I have commitment issues. No, you don't. You have maturity issues. Right. You, want, you want marriage benefits with dating commitments. That doesn't work for the Almighty. He didn't want his daughters treated like that. Even if the daughter's willing, God is not. God That's is good. not. That's good. Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Now look at this. Then the woman said to Naomi, which is the, you know, the, the older woman, older than Ruth, Blessed be the Lord your God who has not left you this day without a close relative. May his name be famous in Israel. And he shall be to you a restorer. 
a restorer, which is just what your pastor was talking about before I got up to preach. Maybe two preachers here, but there's one message from the Almighty. Amen. A restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is better to you than seven sons has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women came and gave him a name saying, This is the son born to Naomi. And they called him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of King David. Yeah. And Ruth is going to make her way into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Right. The ancestry of Jesus Christ. You see, the law of the Lord came to protect her. And it began, when she began, when Naomi said, I I'm going to go away to the land of Moab, and she lost everything. She lost her husband, she lost her two sons, she lost the farm. You know what I'm talking about? Everything was stripped. Right. But when she turned back, the law of the Lord was perfect. Yeah. Restoring her soul. And Ruth began to go to work. How, how happenstance is that she walks into Boaz's field? She meets up with Boaz, and Boaz has such integrity, and he's so scriptural, and he's such great wealth that he does everything right. And, and over the course of time, God restores to Naomi everything she lost. He became a restorer to her. The law of the Lord provided the gleaning. It wasn't Boaz's idea. It made Boaz look good. It makes wise the simple. You follow the scriptures, it makes wise the simple. Years ago, I was in a meeting, and there was an elderly prophet by the name of Dick Mills. Dick Mills called me out. I was just new into the ministry, and he gave me a word, Proverbs chapter 22, 29. I built my whole life on it. It says, do you see a man who's diligent in his task? He will stand before kings. He won't stand before unknown men. He gave me another word out of the uh, book of Psalms. It says, promotion doesn't come from the east or west. It comes from the Lord God Almighty. And he said, now, Ray, he said, you, you just... You just don't worry about everything around you. You just focus on the task at hand. And that's what I did. I, I knew people like Pastor Crabb, or I knew people like Pastor Jolliffe, but at that time, nobody knew me. And, and I have this call in my life to, to work in the ministry and to preach and to travel like I am today. But I didn't know how to make it all work. But the word of the Lord was perfect that yeah. came to me that day. The word of the Lord was, it made wise the simple. Yeah. It made me look good. Can you yeah. say amen? It made me look like I knew what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but I just show up every day and I couldn't have my dream, but I had all these duties to do and I just did them the best I knew how. And I'd come early and I'd stay late and I'd work and I'd work and I'd work. And then when I got good at that, eventually a guy by the name of Pastor Jim Crabb got a hold of me. He said, Brother Ray, he said, you want to go for a run? I'm thinking, I'm dog tired. No, I don't want to go for a run. He looked like a vulture. You come to conferences. I'm like, they're dead. Hey, don't you want to? No. But I'd go running with Pastor Crabb, and then eventually he'd have me in to preach. The word of the Lord that that old prophet gave me began to open up doors for me. Now all the doors, almost every door that I, I go into is because of that word that came to me back in the early 90s. Uh, yeah, I'm that, I'm that old. A while ago, I was preaching down for a guy by the name of Dr. Jerry Seville. I don't know if you know that name. Oh, yeah. 
when I first got saved and began to listen to the Word of Faith preachings, he's one of the guys I'm preaching for. About a year ago, their ministry called me and asked me if I would come down and teach helps to their whole church. Pastor Jolliffe, I'm down there. I'm thinking, isn't it something? I'm not calling them looking for the word of the Lord. Right. They're calling me yeah. looking on. for the word of the Lord. But it started with Proverbs 22, 29. You see a man who's diligent in his task. He will stand before great kings. He won't stand before unknown people. You, won't, you might start there, but you won't stay there. But the word of the Lord is perfect. It makes wise the simple. Yes. But if you argue with it, if you sidestep it, if you say, I don't want to do that, I don't believe that, I, I brought so-and-so to church and they don't like my church and now they've they given me trouble, God did you a favor. He drove somebody out of your life that would have hurt you. He, 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 he set up that barricade on purpose because he's so wise and he's so knowing and he knows people with the wrong heart won't want to do that. And he purposely chucked them out of your life. He set them aside. He said, they're not worthy of your heart, honey. Yes, sir. That, that, it, 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 just like a good father to say, that, I know that man, I know his heart. He doesn't want you, little girl. He wants your stuff. Then he's going to chuck you to the side once he gets your stuff. I don't want him. I have better for you than that. And if you just trust, say trust. If you just trust that God knows what he's doing, that everything is going to be all right. Amen. God yes, will begin to lead you to Boaz's field where you belong. Just work hard when you get there. And he restored back to Naomi everything that she lost, plus... She brought it into where she would then become the grandmother, the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus Christ, the King of glory. And when she came home, everything she sought in Moab was waiting for her back in Bethlehem, Judah, in Israel, under the law of the Lord. Interesting, isn't it? Boaz went through a famine too, but he didn't leave. He ran a business, too, in a famine. That's not a good time to farm. Right. But he didn't say, bless God, there's a famine. I'm not doing gleaning anymore. Right. That I'm still going to help you. You can come still into my field. You can go to work. And God began to restore back. You know, I think about this, this man that, that, that wanted the field but not Ruth. Proverbs 17, 16, we won't go there now, but it says... Why is there in the hand of the fool the purchase price of wisdom, seeing he has no heart for it? In other words, it's saying, why is it with, that God puts this wisdom within the reach of the fool? He could purchase it. He could get it if he wants to. You could come to church and get saved. But they have no heart for it. And so it gets wasted. They lose their opportunity. That's what God, that's what's happening with Ruth. There was within this man's grasp the ability to get that field to have Ruth and he could have had a good life. But he doesn't have a heart for her. He just wants her stuff. And God sets him aside. If I can say he broomed him off to the side. He said, no, we're not going to do that. This girl has a future in me. Can you say amen? Right. And all these things begin to go to work. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, if you would. 
Let's pick it up. First John chapter 5, verse 2 and 3. Says by this we know that we love the children. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep, say keep, His commandments, or in what we've been reading, the book of the law. When we keep the commandments of God, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. They're not here to make your life difficult and hard. They're here to help you. To, to keep you from, from being hurt in life, to keep people from taking advantage of you, to take people out of your life who would shortcut you and set you off to the side just to get your stuff. Just to get your stuff. I was, um, there's a pastor friend of mine and he had a, a young man through his church that began to sing, began to do good and he was getting more and more popular, more and more popular. My pastor friend pulled him aside. He said, now listen to me. All these Christian labels aren't what you think they are. They'll, they'll use you. They'll make money off of you. But they'll, they'll, they'll dirty you. They'll get you to compromise your Christianity. And he began to instill in him and to set his course for his future. Can you say amen? amen. I don't know if you know, know the name pastor, or David Huff. David Huff was with David and the Giants for years. Years ago, as an 18-year-old kid, he was offered a contract for $100,000 to play rock and roll for the music. When you're 18 back in the 70s, way more than today. And he goes to church and he feels the presence of God. And he, he's, the Lord spoke to him. He said, now I want you to walk away from that. And I want you to play music for me. And I'll anoint you. And all these years, all these years, Brother David has lived holy before the Lord, still singing in and out of, in and out of churches and being a blessing. His drummer was a kid who used to play Little Ricky on the Lucy, I Love Lucy show. They're still living holy and they're still preaching the gospel. I heard them just a few months ago. And they're still giving altar calls and getting people saved. Wow. The law of the Lord is perfect. Making wise the simple. Your pastor comes in and he asks you to work in the children's ministry or he asks you to begin coming to do duties around the church clean or come to night services or whatever he's doing. He's helping you to avoid a calamity and keeping people out of your life that the devil is sending to hurt you. Can you say amen? It takes a season. You don't, I, I'm going to tell you, you don't see it right away. It takes a season. But over the course of time, I can look back and say, the Lord was with me every step of the way, and he kept me in a pure way. Can you say amen? He, he hemmed me in, but not, not like a box to hurt me, but with guardrails to keep me safe. So I didn't go off the edge and hurt myself. Can you yeah. say amen? Yeah. You know, I want to I wanna wrap up with that this morning. I, I think I, I've spoken what the Lord has for me to say this morning. I, I want to encourage you in closing to just trust the word of God. Not that you don't. You're here on a Sunday morning. I, I, this is the morning crew. Amen. You're here the first service. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, the, these things and the things that Pastor Jolliffe does and the, the things 
He's asking, he's, the, the Bible says in Malachi that the priest should seek the wisdom from the priest. The people should seek wisdom from the priest because he has the law of the Lord on his lips. You don't come here because we say cute stories or funny stories and I, I'm all good with funny stories and having fun in the house of God. But he's trying to walk you through the maze of people that are going to hurt your life. He's trying to keep people from you that want to hurt you in your future that's motives aren't pure. Amen? And when you come to the house of God, you, you can trust this word and that word comes through your pastor's lips. And when you submit to that, say submit, it's not a bad word. When you... Naomi could have told Ruth exactly what to do, but if Ruth didn't listen, it would have done no good. Right. If you don't listen, this really burns in my heart, Pastor, but if we don't listen to the leadership that God has put in our life and let him begin to help us and make adjustments and, and talk to us, then all that wisdom that God has given them, amen, just sits idle on the side. It can't help you right. because we don't want to let that law guide us. Can you Come say on. amen? Yeah. Give the Lord a good hand clap, Pastor. Thank you for your time today. Hallelujah. Amen.